Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. And what's up, Internet? You're listening to Fan Bros Show, the voice of the urban geek for all nerds. Where we discuss geek culture from the perspective of people of color. And it's your boy, DJ Ben a.k.a. Soldier 70 Spliff, a.k.a. Doctor Who's Mans is this, the anti-tripe <laughs> equation, Wakanda's favorite DJ, the Beverly Trillbilly, Victor Stoned, here in the spaceship tonight. You like that? A little slow to start, but then I got it together. And as always, you know, it's been a while, but I'm joined by... Well, I also got to say first, Ben, I mean, um, we only been gone for one week, and you forgot your AKAs already. I didn't really forget, though. You know, I just had to uh, pause <laughs> and redirect. <laughs> well, this is Tatiana King-Jones, the Grand Duchess of Tech, also known as Trill, Quiss, Misty Knight, Ryder, mm. Jen and Juice Urso, <laughs> Chance the Parappa, and Colleen Wingstop. I damn sure forgot about Misty Knight Ryder, though. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we have been gone a week. You know, we're nearing the end of the year. It's been a big, I mean, gigantic momentous like historical year in the fan bro show so we had to you know take a quick break you know get ourselves together you know but we back you know we got some things coming up the for all nerds awards coming back very yes. soon yes i'm so excited uh, for that so I'm oh, trying, i can't wait i'm trying to figure out who, who should we bring to co-host it like is, we gotta do it live we gotta do it live but with who i know Mm-hmm. I don't know. We had Otto Asando last year. Right. I was thinking about, you know, uh, seeing if we could finagle Mr. Nancy himself, you know, <gasps> Orlando Jones to come through. Oh, we could do Orlando Jones. That would be dope. Or maybe Simone Missick or, ooh, mm-hmm. who do we have? Lexi Alexander. You know, we've had a big year with a lot of, you know, new friends. I mean, Allison Williams, you know, it's Louis Tan? a lot of choices. Oh, man. You know? So, oh, I mean, Louis Tan, you know, I mean, we get him up in here, you know. Maybe we should put it for a vote. Let's do this. Let's put it, <laughs> let's put it for a Twitter poll vote and and maybe also even an IG vote and we'll see who people want. And then mm. we're going to go get them, right? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. Sounds good to me. Got it. And, you know, speaking of that Twitter and that Instagram, you know, things you should be subscribed to, make sure you're subscribed to the Fan Bro Show on YouTube, you know, because a lot of people were hitting me up last week, like, yo, where's the show at? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, where's your subscription to YouTube at? <laughs> Because, you, you know, if you were subscribed to YouTube, you would have got our new interview with Evan Narcisse. Yep. Uh, we dropped the interview with the creators of the Wicked Divine on there. We, I mean, so many interviews. You know, we got more this week. Saladin Ahmed. I mean, that's a huge one. That's a show in itself that's huge. right there. Yeah, yeah. Huge. And I got to say this because I don't think I say this enough. And I need to say this on every single episode. We really, mm-hmm. truly, seriously and honestly need y'all support. And we need you guys to share with everyone. And by share, I mean, go, as Ben Amin said, go on our YouTube and be sure to subscribe, but also tell your friends, tell your family about this. Tell them what we're doing because we are creating this beautiful content because we want to make sure you guys are getting the goods. You want to make sure you guys are seeing the behind the scenes and getting some information on your favorite creators and all of your favorite fandoms. Like we are doing this for you. And we want to make sure that you guys are not missing out on this content. So even though there wasn't a podcast last week, we still were bringing out content. We still have amazing articles going up on fanbros.com literally 
every single day. We have some new things mm-hmm. coming to the site. We got some a new makeover coming too. So look out for that. But honestly, we are constantly putting out, churning out, burning out some dope stuff. So you gotta be sure that you're subscribed to us on our podcast. You gotta make sure you're subscribed to us on YouTube and you gotta make sure you're visiting that website heavy. I mean, yeah, not much more to say about uh-huh. that, you know. I mean, let's get into it because like we said, not only has it been a momentous year for us, you know, it's been a momentous year in general. And I mean, perhaps the like the biggest surprise of the year for me. <laughs> for you? For I me mean, too. Seriously. For me too. <laughs> I mean, you heard my new AKA, Victor Stone. You know, I wouldn't be using that if I didn't feel a type of way about Justice League. Okay. So fam so fam. So I, I, I can't believe I just said that. One, I can't believe that either. <laughs> Two, I can't believe how I feel as well. But we're going to have to put a disclaimer out there. We are actually still within embargo. So we are our hands are tied on what we can say about this uh, movie. Um, we can give you some general information. Um, we already saw some stuff on Twitter, but we can tell you what we can within reason. But please be sure to look out on fanbros.com for the full review This will be up this Wednesday, and we will also talk about it more on next week's show. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for real. I mean, next week, we're going all in. We got something really special for next week, so don't worry about that. But for now, off the bat, like I said on Twitter, you know, I was sitting at theater, you know, I actually, I mean, I'm going to do a little bit of, you know, dropping. I got to go to the Warner Brothers lot to see this joint. It was my first time on the Warner Brothers lot. It looks just like straight out of Looney Tunes and (laughs) Animaniacs. No, all that the water tower was there. It's all live. It's all live, folks. It's all happening. And so I'm up in the you know Warner Brothers lot. You know I go up there and you know the movie's about to start and I'm like fuck because I'm actually going to see it again this Friday. And beforehand I was like fuck I got to see this joint twice. Mm. And folks, after I saw it, I was like yo I get to see this joint twice. Yo, your Justice League so lit. I mean, I mean it, ran it's, off on the plug twice. Listen, I it, was. It, it might I was be better than Thor. Whoa, whoa! You're saying a lot. You're saying a lot. I, it I feel so be. bad that I can't really go into why I, I want to strangle you for that comment. But at the same time, <laughs> to kind of of uh, uh, just uh, just expand just a little bit on what I tweeted about last week. This is one of the most, comp- or the most comprehensive ensemble multi-character movies from DC yet. This, and I know that like, some people thought, oh, well, that's not much of a of a compliment, but it is because <laughs> DC has time and time again shown us that we cannot be trusted and that we cannot trust their output because there's always something disastrous in the wings. And when I went into Justice League, I wasn't sad or mad or happy about it or whatever. I was just like, let's see what's about to happen because I don't trust this. I don't trust their process. And the fact that you had mm-hmm. both Zack Snyder and Joss Whedon up in that piece, I was like, this is, might be a disjointed mess. It wasn't. It made sense. Yep. It was actually enjoyable. It was entertaining. There were parts that were actually funny. Yes, there's still some darkness to it, but it's not just complete depressing the darkness is it's, so it well actually done. It's balanced. It's like, balanced. My biggest thing going in was like Cyborg. I was like, oh my God, this guy looks like a clown. This is the worst. Everything, every trailer, every commercial from everybody looked like trash. And 
I cannot get over how my man Ray Fisher steals the show, how Cyborg is such an integral part of the movie, has some of the dopest I would say scenes. he's an integral part of the movie, and, but I wouldn't say he stole the show. For me, who stole the show was Jason wow. Momoa as Aquaman, and also some scenes here and there I, with the new, and I, his name escapes me, but with the new uh, Wally West. But, now, his, now I, listen. Some of the things he said, and and I have, and I mentioned it too. Some of the stuff, some of the dialogue in this movie is very corny, and he's and he and it's and it's his fault. But at the same time, sometimes he says things that's like what the audience is thinking. Let's say that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, I, I like Jason Momoa, you know, and I know a lot of you know, like the women audibly <laughs> gasped next to me so, in certain scenes. And you know, you know and, 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 so, right, so but, let's but let me, put that aside. But let me I make did a, think an adjustment too. I think he was. Let me not say still the scene. Yeah. I think he was dope, and I actually think he was as a character doper than Cyborg. But I will say, I feel like mm. Wonder Woman was the dopest. I really do. I Ooh. really feel like, as far as her delivery and her composure and what she brought to the table, she was the dopest out of all of them. See, I'm not mentioning her because well, you already it know matters. that. Like, it, you know, I'm it, glad it that you matters. said that though. Because people, <laughs> no, because it does because people definitely doubt her. But like from the moment you know Gal comes on the scene in this joint, yeah. it's lit. You know, but I, I don't. Damn, you know, I, I love Cyborg. Him, like, but we, we you can't... know, what? I really wish I could say we could say more, and we will, we will. So yes, is this movie perfect? Absolutely not. <laughs> is this movie dope? In many ways, yes. Is there things that I, you know, I might have problems with it, like I have with any movie, you know, some of the stuff I thought was this and that. But overall, I was blown away from the first 10 minutes on. I was just like, oh, wow. they I think they got this. And to me, they stuck the landing all the way through it. I'm, I'm most embarrassed by their marketing team because it has yeah. been absolutely yeah. terrible. They have not done like, Even at job. the Warner Brothers lot. I mean, lot. I saw these posters that I've never seen before that were fire. And they didn't release it and to the public? Yeah, I was like, why haven't they shown these everywhere? Because these are dope, you know? And this movie is so much better than the commercials. That's like the last thing I got to say, you know, yeah. than the trailers, everything. If you've been seeing the commercials or trailers, just please check it. Because I'm, I'm telling you, it's so much right, better than right. that. And to round it all up, should you see this movie? Yes. Hell yeah. They Hell. Go. I can't believe I'm saying this. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, saw, I saw the movie a day before Ben Hameen in the Warner Brothers offices here in New York. And I literally gave him a one word response where he said, how was it? I said, or not one word, but one sentence response. I was surprised. Mm -hmm. And he just bust out laughing like, wow. So yeah. Yeah. And then I was completely taken aback, shall I say, because <laughs> man, all right. All right. And talk about being blown away. You know, you know, once again, Black Panther. Son, yo, the character posters came out. All the individual character posters for all the people in the movie, the the, the main characters anyway. So Mbaku, obviously, uh, uh, Black Panther himself, T'Challa, um, Daniel Kaluuya, like everybody, 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 and then Nakia, and I cried at how beautiful <laughs> these posters were, and particularly the black women. All I could think about mm. was. 
when these posters and they better go up in Times Square, these uh, when they go up to the in their oh. giant size form, their 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 thirty feet form or whatever, whatever how large it is, I'm going to start crying in person because this is going to be one of the most indicative, one of the most important displays of of black people in sci-fi fantasy comic book that has ever been done yet. I mean, I, you know, with every little tidbit, every snippet, like I thought the posters in Baku, that's a, the man ape, right? Yeah. Yeah. His poster I saw last and that shit was incredible. It's like every little bit that just comes from the film, you know, I just get so much more charged. Like, I'm just like, oh my God, I can't wait. I can't wait. And then like, yeah. I thought Thor, you know, had done such a great job with like, especially the costumes and the art design. I thought it was phenomenal, but I just yeah. know that Black Panther is just going to turn it up once again like it it really better and and even still it reminds me of a question that friend of the show real life cast posted on twitter he asked just putting it out there but what if black panther is trash what what hap- what do you do wow i said i'm seeing it anyway and i'm probably going to see it many times anyway i don't think it's going to be trash i just feel i just feel it in my spirit i feel the 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 melanin magic oozing out of this movie these characters are written or i hope that they've written too well the actors themselves are too well versed and the spirit and power of the mcu and of a marvel film is the the juice is too strong for this to not to go south i really feel that way this this cast this film and everything that's surrounding it has the sauce. You see how they've done the marketing and the promo for this. I just feel like they got the sauce, and it's just it's just got to be dope. Mm-hmm. No, um, I, once again, like you should be subscribed to our YouTube. But if you are, you can peep the interview. It's more just me and uh, the great, the legend, the man himself, Juno Diaz, chopping it up. And, you know, he said something to me about me working on American Gods that also applies in the situation. He says, right now, our ancestors are like, mm. yes. yes. And that's how I feel right now. Like, I feel like, you know, like you said, this movie has the sauce. Like, this movie has our ancestors flowing through it. Like, there, there's no way this there's is There's no way. Like, I just, it uh-uh. doesn't. I, and, and you guys can hold this up against us if something terrible happens in the future, but I don't care. Like, I just, there's just no way. There's just no way. There's no way. And then, Stop. I mean, top it off, the news comes out this week. Chadwick Boseman crowned the most popular actor in China. Yes. And Which is it's the most popular U.S. actor. So according to China, like, and that would make sense because Chadwick plays like every black luminary in history ever. <laughs> So, <laughs> but that's funny too, though, because you know they they also like one thing. I mean, they always try and say we don't sell, which is obviously a lie. But right. also, they say that movies like that aren't the big hits in China, you know, because they don't, you know, they like the action, you know, the stuff that they can just get easily without a translation. So, right. I'm wondering what made Chadwick so big over there, because I don't think it was like Jackie Robinson <laughs> and James Brown. I just don't think it was. Well, they actually. So, this listen to this. This is interesting. So, they named 42 as one of his. Wow. Uh, they named Captain America Civil War. Um, okay. They, they yeah. mentioned quote unquote the anticipation for Black Panther. So the movie was dropped. Just the anticipation alone. But something that really shocking to me, they included Gods of Egypt. Oof. But see, no, no, see, that's not shocking to me because that's one of the I've never joints. seen Gods it's of full, Egypt. So I don't know. <laughs> I've seen it. It's terrible. But it's like it's full of CGI. You know, it's I mean, it's all CGI and it's all this action and all this like. So you don't really need to know anything to get into it. 
Okay. And so if they already liked him from those other movies, they're going to go flock to that, you know, because he's probably like Denzel right now back in the day. And remember, Denzel had a string of trash. Yeah. And, you know, people kept going to them joints. Like, yeah. it was no problem. He, I mean, I was one of them. Like, oh, I'm Oh, my God. Way. I do. <laughs> you know, every day when I go to work, I see the poster for Out of Time. And was that's the only way I remember that, that one. Bad? Yes, it was. It oh, my God. Bad. I mean, the premise for Out of Time, I really fucked with because the premise, the pre- because the I really like that idea. But yes. you know, I mean, what well, I'll say this: when I watched it now, I couldn't follow it. I didn't know what the hell was going on. I will. Wait, say which that. one is Out of Time? Do you are you thinking of Out of Time? Is when he he keeps rewinding the day to try to get back to that one part to what no what, see the that's and all that stuff. That's what- yeah. No, Out of Time is the joint with uh, Sanai Lathan and Eva Mendez. And it's him. He's a like, I th- I'm not sure if he's a corrupt cop, but he's a cop or something. Mm-hmm. And he's messed up this case. So he's like running out of time and he's trying to f- stop the rest of the police force from finding out about him. And it's terrible. Oh, it's so if bad. that's the movie, then yes, it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, that was terrible. So- yeah, so Chadwick's probably on his Denzel right now. So, you know, he's just popping everywhere. He's popping in China. He's big in China. He's big in the U.S. And, you know, shout outs to real life, Kaz. You know, you're still hating on Star Wars, <laughs> but there's no way that Black Panther is going to be weak. Uh-uh. Not at all. Not no. at all. Not at all. Be sure, you guys, if uh, we talked a lot about Stranger Things last week, be sure that you are subscribed because if you are, you will see that Screen Squad posted a review of Stranger Things. We also have Outlaw Bars, our anime-focused podcast that just talked about the Berserk, uh, the the most recent Berserk film that came out. They have um, uh, reviewed that. Be sure to listen to that. And what else, Ben? I mean... I mean, one more thing, you know, we got something very big coming from our brothers over at the Slam Bros. You know, the Wrestling Base Podcast Mm -hmm. has an interview coming up this week with a legend. And that's all I'm going to say. You know, I'm going to let them explain the rest. What's good, folks? So Bowman one two I'll let you know we're cooking up something special for the next episode of the Slam Bros. If you don't believe me, take a listen. What's up, this Booker T Five Kevin Make sure you keep listening to the Slam Bros. That can't dig that sucker. What's up, Internet? Hope you've been enjoying this. And like you just heard, you know, the Slam Bros got this huge interview coming up with Booker T, the man, the legend, my dreadlock brother himself. (laughs) That's some serious stuff. Ain't he from H-Town? Yes, he is. Oh, yeah. So I know LOYC was chopping it up with Booker T because, you know, got to talk about that. I got it, man. The one time that I actually went to a live wrestling event, um, mm-hmm. was back in the Rock's heyday versus Booker T. You know, it was like when Booker T and the Rock were champs. And at the end of the joint, we're down in D.C., right? End of it, uh, Booker T is standing on the turnbuckle and Rock, or no, no, actually Rock is standing on the turnbuckle and Booker T is like walking back into, you know, walking up the ramp mm-hmm. and they just finished this fight. 
and they are straight cursing each other out. I, I mean, love it. <laughs> the attitude error was so real. Oh my god! No, I couldn't believe it. Like how much was edited, and it was so funny because when you watch that episode on TV, it's like they're they're playing the music, and the Rock is standing on the turnbuckle, and you just see his mouth moving. Oh, so you so so you said when you you were there, and you they were really going in on each other, going in, motherfucker, this fuck you, both of them just going back and forth. And then when they amazing, that's when I really, really love wrestling. Yo, I did not know it used to get down like that. That that they were, you know, when it was live, because like they curse all. Called Hulk Hogan nigga, like I know. I mean, of course they go down like that. (laughs) What's up, my nigga? No, he said we coming for you, nigga. That's what he said. Oh yeah. Oh, you can find that on YouTube after you subscribe to Fanboy <laughs> Show. You know, go Google that. Make sure you check oh, that out as well. Oh that's a classic comedy right there. Comedy. Ooh, and speaking of classic, it's time for the Guac is extra. And what do we have up first tonight? Well, not just first, but you know, only. We, only- we need some more questions. <laughs> <laughs> So the only, usually we have tons, but you know, because we were day off, I guess everybody was mad at us, but please send us your questions. Hit us up, contact at fanbros.com. But for this week, the question is, hey guys, my name is KB from Philadelphia. They'll keep this quick. What happened to Blue Marvel? He's one of the strongest characters in Marvel's history. He has a pretty dope story and he could work in today's political climate. By the way, totally unrelated. If Kylo Ren kills his mom, he's also the greatest villain of all time. LOL. <laughs> um, I just want to say this because I've seen people thinking that they spoiled something in the trailer when Kylo Ren is about to blast up General Leia. And I'm like, come on. Do you really think that's how that's going no, down in the movie? No, they're not going to let that happen, especially because she died in real life. I don't think they're going to. Yeah, they're not going to have him blow her up in a spaceship. That'd be absolutely terrible. No. He might, you know, kill her up close, but that's another story. Oh, oh. No. Oh, man. I, I mean, I don't know how they're going to solve this, but oh, rest in peace, Terry right. Fisher. So explain to me who Blue Marvel is, what he does, or she, like, like who is this Blue Marvel? Okay, it's so hilarious that uh, they said that he's one of the strongest characters in Marvel's history, because Blue Marvel is this character, he's kind of like a super smart Superman who's black. So Superman's you not know, smart enough? Well, I know. Actually, Superman usually is super smart and depicted as super smart. But Blue Marvel is like on another level. Like he's a physicist, I think. He's like a nuclear scientist. Like he's a straight geek who got all this power. You know, like, I mean, just immense. Superman powers or something else? Maybe even more. Like, I'm not sure exactly what his power is. It's like reality. You know, like he's super powerful, ultra powerful. But he wasn't always around like he was invented i think in the 2000s and then they kind of like inserted him you know they retroactively inserted him into marvel's history so you, do you know kind of like this he, other character you say he's a black character right so why like why he was created or what like what his purpose was i don't know why i think it was trying to have like to showcase a black character who had been like through the history mm. of Marvel, mm. you know, and been around like through all the like the 60s, 70s, 80s, because he's older. Mm. Like Blue Marvel has a son who's like, you know, grown and, you know, has his own things going on. But um, KB, I'm not sure if you read The Ultimates, the latest series by Al Ewing, but Blue Marvel is all through it. I mean, 
it's you know one of the best representations of them. If you haven't read that, make sure you go read the Ultimates. It's a great series. I think it's a total of twenty four issues and just an incredible series that features Blue Marvel, uh, Monica Rambeau, um, my favorite Miss America Chavez, mm-hmm. like all characters of color and all of them who are like the super powerful people in the Marvel universe. Like, you know, I mean, you know, Monica Rambeau, Captain Marvel, one of the most powerful characters and her and uh, Blue Marvel get into a relationship in the book. Oh, it's, wow. Yeah, yeah, great book. And I mean, I'm, I hope he's, I mean, they've read it, but because it's, I mean, it's dope. And if not, definitely check that okay. out. And since then, that just ended. So I'm not sure what their plans are for Blue Marvel lately, but that just ended a couple months right. ago. So we'll so see. So would you like to see Blue Marvel yeah. maybe his own title or something going forward? I mean, I would kill to see, you know, that ultimate, like, that team, either like in a movie or, oh my God. I mean, I'm, I couldn't imagine like how ill... They could actually do like those Fantastic Four stories with them that they can't do because they don't own the Fantastic Four. Like ah. they could do those super science traveling. Like in the ah, latest, I mean, in the latest one of the Ultimates, part of their whole thing was like fixing bigger problems. So they turned Galactus from the World Destroyer to the Life Bringer. Oh right, you did think like that. he started yeah. bringing lives back to. Okay. Yep. So. Oh my God! They would that'd be ill if they could make a movie. Yeah, I, w- I mean, I would love to see all of the Ultimates show up more in the universe, especially Blue Marvel. He's one of my favorite characters, and the, I mean, go read the Ultimates. <laughs> like I'm saying, yeah, that shit is lit. And thank you for that question. You know, as always, send them in contact at fanbros.com. You know, you can hit us on the Twitter, on the Instagram at fanbros show, and oh. <laughs> Yeah, you know, Ben Amin is signed because he we really hate going to this place now. It smells mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. trash. Um, but ugh. I feel like did, did we just introduce this place this year or this coming back from? No, this was a 2016, yeah, a 2016 invention. Place. And then in the 17, we kind of stopped going because yeah. you know it's like it just, it just, it just appeared in the mist like the mascara. But instead of being like so mm-hmm. surprised and, and in awe, we were just like, what the fuck. Uh, yeah, we're back in this place. Yeah, we're taking that trip, you know, headed over on the barge <laughs> to that everyone's favorite land known as Trifling Heights. When you say the barge, I think if we're like on the River Styx or something, like we're just... I mean, that's perfect. You know, you gotta, you know, you gotta pay the coin and you get to pass. Just... It's so sad, but yeah, we're here because there's, as you guys know, there's tons of really effed up stuff going on right now, but not just effed up, but also I think we're cleaning house because it seems like Hollywood and now the adjacent entertainment industries, music is next and other places are starting to get, to get, to get cleaned up because, uh, as you know, there's been weeks and really months, honestly, of powerful men in Hollywood that are now being put up to task for the things they have done, whether in the past or recently or otherwise involving sexual assault and, and, um, sexual harassment. Um, we already know obviously about Weinstein and he, even though there was stuff happening before him, he, to me, he was the, really the catalyst for the door being bust wide open to put all these people on front street and get them out of here. And between the last few weeks, we've seen a lot of bombshells drop. Lots of people's faves have been put up on the block. We have seen and heard of 
for instance, Louis C.K., who not only was put up, but also confirmed that these allegations were true. Mm-hmm. So no longer the allegations, they're, they're, they're real life stories. Facts. Obviously, we see facts. We've seen Kevin Spacey go down in flames. We've seen a lot more people coming up, including in the world. I mentioned this. This is touching all areas of entertainment, including in the world of comics. Uh, a notorious uh, uh, sexual harasser, Eddie Berzanga, or Borganza, a DC Comics editor. Mm. So the reason why we want to bring this up is not to just go into each and every single last person because we honestly don't want to spend that time there. We want to spend the time owing our support and lending our support to the people who have really bravely come out to talk out and speak out and speak their truth against what they have been going through this whole time. Some of these people have been going through this for decades and have been suffering in silence because we live in a this really rape culture and really in a culture where the victim is not believed. And the onus, too much of the onus and burden is put on the victim to prove their either their worth and to prove their their honesty, really, when it shouldn't be that way. So we want to make it clear that we owe all our support to the victims and the people who have been involved in all this, who have been suffering. Because you see, when you see the people who have come out that have been going through this stuff, I mean, Lupita Nyong'o, Terry Crews, um, half of Hollywood, men, women, and children, it, it's it's really sad. Um, yeah. It's, uh, there's a couple things I want to say about this because, you know, like you said, you know, we are here to offer our support to everyone. And this is so... I want to say extra disturbing to me because I know it's more disturbing to a lot of people who have to suffer with this, you know, who have been through similar situations in their own lives, you know, yeah. so they, you know, this is very triggering. This is bringing up a lot of personal feelings for them. But as someone who's now working in the, in this industry and mm-hmm. like you know, working on a daily basis with people like this and really seeing like we were about to talk in Trifling Heights about the CVS Diversity Sketch Comedy Showcase, which is another problem. And CVS's whole, I mean, just in general, abysmal track record. And like as being a black writer on these shows, like as you know, as this whole thing came out this week where it's like there's mad networks where there are no black writers or where there are only one. And when there's only one, it could be just as bad because you're in this room and it's nothing but white people around you. And so they want you to say something because they want to hear, you know, like, oh, what's the black voice? But then they don't want to hear too much of what's the black voice. You know, they don't want they don't sometimes they don't care that much. Or they do this this really horrible thing, whereas they use a black person only for a quote unquote black character validation. Mm-hmm. Basically, like if they put him back there and say, is this something a black person would say? Is this something a black person would wear? But then when it comes to any other facet of humanity, they don't want to talk to the black writer. So mm-hmm. that's another issue. And then it's coming out like where they're talking about how they don't hire black writers for the second and third years because it costs too much. So they go get a cheaper black writer who's new. And that way, that's a person who isn't used to this, who doesn't know how to deal with the system. Mm. So it's, I mean, there's like so many levels to it. And like I say, as someone who's working in this, you know, currently, it's really interesting to me. And this is my first time in Hollywood. So I'm like feeling all this out while all this is happening. And it's effing me up because like, I grew up on like Corey Haim and the news came out about him this week. And it was like, wow. Like, you know, to know that he went through that in his life. And like Corey Feldman has tried to say this stuff before, but it's always gets buried. And it's like, Corey Haim is dead. Like, you know, he died, like he, you know, drug abuse, you know, depressed his whole life. 
because of stuff he went through. And it's like, these are people we grow up idolizing and loving. And then someone else who we idolize and love is out here, you know, just doing the most horrible shit. And it's just considered normal. Yeah. And I got to say something that's really important. And I know this is, this is extremely hard for a lot of people, including me, especially when you hear your faves, Mm -hmm. you cannot allow that to, cloud your judgment and you can Mm -hmm. and you and and how dare you if you because they're your fave you then doubt the accuser you gotta get past that okay because in this society the way it is everything is stacked against the victims no Mm -hmm. matter what so there are people out there who want to say people are doing this for fame or they're doing this for money or this nobody wants to say this nobody wants you guys to know that so-and-so abused them because more than likely the opposite of support will happen. They will get trash. They will get death threats. They will get all this negativity on their life. Why would someone do that on purpose? Just, just, just to say, oh, I want to ruin somebody or I just want the money. It's not worth it. No one's doing that for that. And, and I'm, I'm sad that I even have to make that rationalization for people. But you got to understand that. Like, this, it's not easy. And, it's, and people are not just doing it willy-nilly and, and just... I'm not sure what people are thinking, but this is real life. This is happening. And when someone tells you something went down, you should believe them. One of the women who accused Louis C.K. never worked in Hollywood again. She never worked in writing again after she worked with him. And she won an Emmy with him. Mm. And that blows my mind because I'm sitting out here like imagining how, you know, just incredible it would be to win an Emmy. And then it's like, this woman never worked again in Hollywood after that. And I'm just like, how fucked up is that? Like, you know, her career is stolen while Louis C.K. gets all this props and all this love. And I even like the dude sometimes. Like, I, you know, I, I think I, I even I spoke a, on this. I was a fan of his work. I really was. And then, and but he has a lot of stupid shit as well. Yeah, this, like his yeah. latest special, I couldn't even get through, no lie. Like, I tried, like, I watched like 20 minutes of it, and I, it just felt so like, I was like, yo, white dude, why are you so mad? And that's, I mean, that goes like in general of white dudes today. You know, shout out to all the woke white dudes out there. But, uh, you know, the ones who are still asleep in this whole, like, you know, just angry over nothing. It just boggles my mind. But I think we spent enough time over in Trifling Heights, you know. Like, that's the thing. Like, I tell everybody all this other time. Like, I'm here working and I want to work longer in the industry. But at the same time, I'm, I'm not here for the fuck shit. And you can ask anyone on American God. Shout out to everybody in that room. They already know that. I'm not here for it. You mm-hmm. know, I didn't move out here for fuck shit. You know, it's 2017. We already know what we're dealing with out here. Fuck out of here. Let's take a quick break. <laughs> right back. Before Fair <laughs> Hey, everyone. This is Carla Perez. I play Rita Repulsa on the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers back in the 90s. Hey, what's up? This is Samus. This is Nikki Phillips. And this is Stacey Strobel. Yo, this is Carly Hustle. Hey, what's up? This is Jamila from Girl Gone Geek. Hi, my name is Roxanne Gay. Hey, this is the Shameless Maya. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Maya G. Hi, this is Reagan Gomez. Oh, hey, this is your friendly neighborhood superhero, Jean Grey. Hi, this is Lola Oganike. My name is Jamie Broadnax from Black Girl Nerds. Hi, guys, it's Alfred Woodard. And when you're not in a lotus position eating quinoa, or like rapping to your your bay, you should be listening to fanbos. No, I said fanbos. Okay, hang on.
Welcome back, Internets. I know you've been enjoying this episode. We had to take that little dank dark trip, you know, but we're about to brighten it up once again, you know, get back to that good stuff, the stuff that we all know and love. And, you know, this week I'm super hyped for Tech Talk with Tatiana. And you might be super hyped for various <laughs> reasons, but I wonder how you feel about Disney. So, we talked about this a month or so back, maybe even longer, but we mentioned the fact that Disney is launching a standalone streaming service. And in launching that service, they're going to be ending their partnership with Netflix um, by like late 2018 because they're going to launch the service in 2019. That said, there's some a bit more new information that has come out. There was a new announcement that there's going to be four live action series based on Disney properties that Disney is going to be creating for the streaming service. And the properties are Star Wars, High School Musical, Monsters, Inc., and Marvel. They're all in development and they're going to be exclusive to the streaming platform, which means there's going to be no more Marvel, Netflix things going forward. Now, I don't think they're going to change what's already on Netflix. I don't know what that means for things like Daredevil and Jessica Jones and Defenders and all that. But as far as I know right now, that's just stuff is staying. That being said, they're pulling everything else from Netflix after the deal is up. What that means is every Disney movie, TV show, anything that got the Disney logo on it is gone and will be put onto the uh, new Disney streaming service, which has yet to be named. Also, another thing that has been announced was that the Disney streaming service is actually going to be cheaper than Netflix. So the CEO, Bob Iger, mentioned that. And really, it's probably because Disney's not going to be able to offer as much stuff as Netflix has. So they can't charge as much. But they said that it's going to be cheaper than most competition. Most streaming services are in the $7 and $10 range. So it's probably going to be cheaper than that. Just to give you a bit of an understanding of what that means... Uh, Disney's going to launch a streaming service with 500 films from the Disney library, um, 7,000 episodes of Disney TV and a whole bunch of other stuff. In comparison, Netflix has like 4,300 movies, 1,100 TV shows and some more stuff. So that being said, like, does that change your outlook? Because I, in the beginning said F Disney and the streaming service. Does that change your outlook on one, if you care about this and two, are you going to pay for another streaming service? Ben, I mean, As Wanda Sites said on Blackish, in our community, (laughs) (laughs) pay for streaming. In our community, Fanbro Show. Wait, wait, disclaimer, disclaimer. Fanbro Show does not condone piracy. But that being said, said, I didn't say piracy. I just said, I don't pay for streaming. Mm -hmm. You know, how I happen to watch things. Left up to your imagination. So, 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 the, and, I, and I, this is actually also a question for general listeners, and you can put a comment on a SoundCloud right now, or you can hit us up. But does this change things for you to know that not only is every Disney property that is, that is on all these other streaming properties, so anything that's on Hulu, anything that's on Netflix, all that stuff is being sucked up, sucked up into this new Disney streaming, and Disney is going to be doing some original content, some new live action stuff. Which means what kind of new Marvel live action stuff are we going to see now? What new characters are going to be put out there? And then not only that, they say they're going to ramp up production as more subscribers join. Mm. I mean, I'm down for it. Like, you know, you, you said Star Wars on TV. And, yeah. you know, I, you know, as everybody knows, I'm a huge fan of Star Trek Discovery right now. So they put out some lit shit like that. 
you know, I'm good. Not that I'm subscribing to CBS, but you know. <laughs> but, you, but you saw everything, right? Right. right, I mean, right. Ooh, can't wait for that finale tonight. <laughs> <laughs> also in tech news, one of your favorite one one actually a very highly rated game that was rated on fanbros.com, Injustice 2, at least if mm-hmm. you're an Injustice fan. Uh, they uh, The new fighter pack is going to be coming out, which is going to include Adam, Enchantress, and also, as a surprise, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Mm-hmm. So how do you... So I'm trying to think how that's... Because I'm thinking this is all built on that like Mortal Kombat-looking engine. So I'm just like, wow, how is that going to look? And then two, is that going to be lit or, or weird? Uh, I haven't bought any of these fighter packs. I haven't played Injustice 2 since I beat the main uh, campaign. Because when I go online, I get served. So it's like, I don't feel like, you know, doing that. And I don't feel like buying these fighter packs just to get served. Mm. <laughs> I am waiting for like that end of the year, you know, when they put them all in the one pack that you can buy for cheap. I'll yeah. cop that. And then I'll let y'all know. Because I definitely loved Injustice 2. And I, I'd like to see it, especially if they just do the little bit of things that they do for all the other characters, like when they walk onto the scene and how they're like talking trash to each other, Ooh, because that is like one of the best parts of Injustice. Who, TMN? Like, oh, okay, I see what you're saying. TMN. Like all the characters, like at one point, I think Poison Ivy like slanders Cyborg about not having a penis. Like, oh, it is so, are you like, serious? Yo, that, yo, the way they talk to each other in Injustice 2, it's Whoa. some of the best things I've ever that's, seen. That's WWE Attitude Era level. It's straight up like that. Like, they walk onto a fight, and they'll, they'll both say something to each other, and it's just slanderous. Like, wow. it's so good. So, I, listen, I think it's gonna, they're going to make it work. I, I just I don't know how cool it's going to be to have the TMN, TMNT, but that being said, there are tons of Turtle fans out there. And I know they're going to be happy to see this. So just for you know, Adam is going to be available for early access on December 12th. Enchantress is coming in January. And the Turtles are coming in February. Nice. Nice. Oh, damn. Yeah, see, I'll, I'll be waiting for like next summer before I cop that pack. <laughs> <laughs> that I mean is not on that new new, okay? No, not for that one. But that Star Wars Battlefront, I'm on that new new. You like it? No, it's not out yet. I'm waiting for oh, this Friday. Oh, I thought maybe this you got like, a sneak peek of it. Like, you got a copy. No, no, they do have that thing on EEA, but uh, shout-outs to my connects at EEA, which are non-existent. Right. So, <laughs> um, no, <laughs> I don't have, you know, no, I haven't uh, played anything. Oh, I thought you had a hookup. Okay. Uh, speaking of games that, um, whether or not you've you played or not, but that are really good or you believe are really good, I am almost finished with Super Mario Odyssey. Damn. Um. I played like the first board. I you, you what? <laughs> Let me say this: I burned through the game in like three days. The only reason why I haven't finished it is um, I was actually in LA this past weekend and literally forgot my console at the hotel. Damn. One of my friends is there though, so they're gonna be they're they're holding it for me. But nice. yeah, uh, I I pretty much got through it in in let's say a week. Um, wow. Uh, like, and, and this is this is really unprecedented for me lately because I I usually don't spend that much time in video games simply because they take so long. And also, I've always been addicted to gaming. So, like, if I start and I really like it, I'm there till 4 o'clock in the morning every single night. That being said, Tomorrow Odyssey is amazing. It is yes. really the spiritual uh, 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 successor to Mario 64, Super Mario 64. Mm. So... 
when you first, especially if, and I haven't really played any Mario games lately besides Mario Kart. I haven't played no Mario games because I had, I didn't buy a Wii U, thought that shit was whack. It still is whack. The Switch is amazing. Buy yourself a Nintendo yeah. Switch, okay? That being said, yeah, for Christmas. like I said, this is a, this is really the the true uh, uh, successor to Super Mario 64. If you haven't really played a Super Mario game since that time, it doesn't matter because literally you remember all the controls. It was like muscle memory. As soon as I picked up Super Mario Odyssey, I didn't need to go through no damn tutorial or nothing. I was gone. Like I was in it. I knew exactly what to do. All the moves he's had in the past are there. All the newer moves from the Wii and Wii U days are there. And as far as level design, impeccable. There is a level called, or there's a world called New Donk City that is kind of like a Dick Tracy slash... Oh, homage to the original Super Mario, uh, Mario, where he was jumping over barrels and hitting Donkey Kong. Yep. That's why it's called New Donk City. But it it's it's incredible. And, and it's like, I don't want to spoil it, but I want to tell y'all this game employs so much slick shit in it that it is it, it makes you whether you have been a long time Mario fan or a new fan, it makes you both nostalgic and just so happy and honored that you're even playing this game okay mm. when i say this game mixes in media as well it mixes in 2d and this and the new age 3d stuff the fact that you can be on a level where you're walking around in, the, in your open world format and then you go into a pipe and it becomes 2d and <laughs> and then as you and you you go in you, and like there's stuff happening around you as you're in this 2d world and you could jump out and you turn back into your regular self like nothing happened it is the it is so much fun. And I, I got to say that at the end of the day, this game is really, really fun. You'll enjoy it. I will say that I felt the game was easy. And I don't know if that's just because I just felt familiar with it or I'm really good at puzzles. I don't know. But I, I thought it was easy. That being said, it was it was sheer fun and it was a delight. And I really recommend it. Again, buy yourself a Switch. Buy yourself Super Mario Odyssey. I, I, if you like to spend a lot of time with video games, you into RPGs, get Zelda. And um, you, if you can't find a, a Switch now, you will because Nintendo is ramping up production. And don't worry about it, man. It's going to be there for you. Nice. Yeah. I've only played it once. I, I got like 30 minutes on it late night. I was drunk as hell. And I was trying to throw that damn hat around and then jump on the hat. <laughs> you can't do it when you're drunk. drunk as hell. <laughs> you can't no, do it when you're drunk. It was, you got to be paying attention. It was not. It was not having, <laughs> but I was loving it just the feel of it. Like everything you said, like, I can't wait to get back yeah. to it. Cause it just felt like that. I mean, and I played the Mario Kart on switch, which is fire. Yeah, yeah. So I was already, yeah. you know, ready for I, this. I but, actually, yeah, getting my for the switch. switch I've for particularly for Zelda, I turned off this motion controls where you actually move the controller to do different things because mm -hmm. it was annoying to me and didn't add on. Not the case with Super nope. Mario Odyssey. The motion controls actually help. And it, it's just a, such a well-balanced game. Please pick that up. And that's nice. it for tech news. All right. Well, that means it's time. I know y'all been waiting, folks, because it's been a minute. But it's time for some comics. I come. Yeah. Like that. And this week is kind of a slow week in comics I cop. But I do want to give a big, big shout out to Runaways, which is actually about to be a TV series. Wow. Look how that works out. Mm -hmm. But no, Runaways, the new comic, it, it carries on the series that the new TV series will actually be a prequel to this comic now. Because this is like carries on from the adventures of the Runaways, where, and I just want to say, like, Runaways is one of my favorite comics. I can't wait for this new series. 
But this book is like taking the spirit, the sauce, everything that was great about Runaways and then carrying it in a new direction because it's like the characters are all grown up. Like the Runaways, when it started, they're all, you know, teenagers. And now these kids have all like their college age, you know, a little older, a little younger than that. And so it's dealing with like, what do you do when you weren't a superhero team, but you, you know, you basically, your reason for coming together was to get away from your evil supervillain parents. Damn. And, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, they, we talked about this, and I thought that was amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Runaways is one of the best concepts ever. I mean, let me backtrack. For those who don't know, Runaways is a comic book about this team. Well, not a team, just a group of young kids whose parents are all supervillains, like for real supervillains. And so it's like they all come together when they find out that their parents are supervillains, and they run away. But now, you know, they basically defeated their parents. Their parents are all, you know, disbanded. They're not doing their villainous activities. So now it's like, what do you do when that was your reason for being together? Mm. And the book is written by uh, Rainbow Rowell, who's a, she's a um, young adult author. I think this is her first comic. It's drawn by Chris Anka and it's shot uh, colors by Matt Wilson, who's one of my favorite colorists, you know, from Wicked and Divine. Young Avengers and books that I always talk about. But Rain Runaways, uh, me and Mellow Marketer were talking about this the other day. Like, what is your book of the year? And it was like, damn, it didn't really feel like a lot hit me that hard mm. this year. But I feel like Runaways might be going down as my one of my books of my my year. I've still got to go back and figure that out. We got, you know, the Four All Nerds Awards coming soon. So I will let you know. And then, you know, another one. This is actually coming out this week, you know, the Wednesday you hear this. The latest issue of Wicked and Divine, issue 33, I do believe it is. And this ends a major arc that has been just absolutely out of control. And, you know, even though Wicked and Divine has been going on for a few years, it's still one of my all-time favorite books and definitely one of my books of the year. It didn't start this year, so I can't say it's, you know, like a new book that I just read this year, but... Mm-hmm. Whew. Like y'all don't know. Like you do not understand how much I am fiending to read this issue this Wednesday. So do not, if you manage to get it before I do, don't hit me and tell me about it because I'm fiending right now. <laughs> and oh my god, like that book is so on fire. Make sure you go to YouTube. You know, subscribe to Fanbro Show. Then watch the interview. If you haven't been reading this book yet, go watch the interview. You know, if you have been reading it, go watch the interview because I've been waiting so long to sit and talk mm-hmm. with those brothers, you know, the creators of Wicked and Divine. We talked to them, got a 30-minute interview with them, just all kind of stuff, all kind of, not related to the book. They're just very smart individuals in general. Great interview. Make sure you go check that out. And then go cop the book this week. And as always, make sure you use the hashtag comics I copped on Instagram, on Twitter, anywhere. Whenever you're buying anything, reading anything, old, new, it doesn't matter. Just let me know. I always love to see what y'all are reading. And, oh, I want to give a big shout out to Port of Earth. It's another book from Image this week where it features, like, it's a science fiction book about what happens if Earth suddenly became, like, a port for, like, all these interstellar races. Racist? Or races. Okay. Race, Woo! I was race, just like, you mean it was turning this planet into trifling heights? Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, Woo. you know, Earth is already a port for all kinds of races. So, I don't think... Very true. <laughs> don't think we need that in the comic book. But, yeah, definitely check that out. Because uh, I saw that someone else copped it on Twitter. And I actually went and read it after that. So, 
definitely shout out to all y'all using that hashtag and thank you. Ooh, anything else before we get out of here tonight? Yeah, for sure, Ben because there's one movie I'm wild, dumb excited about, and it's in Incredibles 2. The trailer is going to premiere with the animated movie Coco. Now, I'm not sure about Coco, about in terms of me seeing it, but I want to see The Incredibles 2 really bad, and I want to see this trailer before like everybody else. So how excited are you about The Incredibles? I don't know if you were a huge Incredibles fan like that, but I am like a rabbit fan. What? 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 I, I want to say The Incredibles was like the first Pixar movie that made me realize that these guys were gods. Wow. Yeah. I, I don't, because they had like, what, Toy Story 1 before that? Was Toy the first Toy Story right? out? I think so. I think the first Toy Story was out before Incredibles. So they had, you know, they had a couple of joints. But yeah, Incredibles was when I was like, I mean, they basically pulled off the best Fantastic Four movie that's never been made. So yeah, I'm super hyped. Frozone? I mean, come on, Frozone. <laughs> Woman, where's my super suit? Yeah, super suit. Someone said this yeah. on Twitter and I, I agree wholeheartedly. If you are under the age or if you were born before, I don't know, 2001, Excuse me, if you were born after 2001, just wait like two weeks before you see the movie, okay? Let everybody else, let your, let your people see this first because we've been waiting for this movie forever. Ever. Forever. Let Man. us see this, okay? Don't, don't come in there ruining everything for us because this this is a big deal. And that being said, um, I had mentioned Coco and that's like the... Um, uh, El Dio de las Muertos movie, based movie. But Coco, mm -hmm. Boss Baby, and the Lego Batman movie are actually among 26 animated movies that have been submitted for the Oscars. So that's another thing. The Oscars will be coming up in a few months. Definitely look out for that. Um, uh, some You don't really see, while they get Best Animated Feature, you don't really see them getting like Best Picture, but there are exceptions. Up in Toy Story 3 were one of them. So if the if if Incredibles two is that lit, it might be up for you know best picture next year. Who knows? Mm. Speaking of the ostrich, though, I gotta say this once again. You know, I got a little name drop, and you know, working in American Gods office, I work with Michael Green. You know, every week, you know, who wrote four major movies this year, but he also wrote on Logan, and I got to read some of the Logan script, and I gotta say that was one of the most surreal moments of my life because I'm sitting here reading the script that's exceptionally good. And it's like you're reading it, and then you realize that this movie was actually made. Mm -hmm. You know, they made this movie about Wolverine. And, like, they're prepping Logan for an Oscar run. And while I'm not sure if it deserves Best Picture or anything, like, it, it deserves to be in that, you know, contention. And it's like, that's incredible to me that we live in this day and age where a movie like Logan can get made. Yeah. And that was just, like, one of the most mind-blowing moments that I've had since I've been out here because it was just so... You know, it's like, wow, like, I mean, not only do I work with this dude, but that this guy wrote on Logan, you know, and that Logan is could be an Oscar. Oh, man. I mean, but Logan was that good. And that's what I'm saying. Like, we're just in a day and age where a quote unquote comic book movie is up for something like that. Something where people would have clowned you 10, 20 or whatever, let's say 20, 20 years ago about wanting to even be into the fact that this type of, of genre is mm. on this level now is, is incredible. It's mind blowing. And also before we get out of here, you know, we've been talking, you know, we talked about all this, you know, craziness in Hollywood. I'm talking about how Logan, you know, is so dope and the Oscars and everything. And I just want to say something else real quick, you know, like, we're talking about the Juno Diaz and he was telling me how our ancestors are like, yes. And I just want to encourage everyone out there. Like if you're, you know, thinking 
of being in this, you know, or making movies, making TV, making films. If you're a person of color, you know, who wants to be a creator of some sort, do that shit. Because it's like you are so mm. needed. Like your voice needs to be heard. Like you see how insane Hollywood is and how it's filled with all this nonsense. And we got to burn that bullshit down and replace it with something much better. So we need your voices to be heard. So don't ever get discouraged. You know, don't believe you can't do it. Keep going. You know, if you got a dream, follow that shit. You know, work on it. You know, hit us up at Fanbro Show. Hit Tatiana. You know, hit me up. Let's talk. You know, let's build. Let's get some stuff done because, like, you are needed. Believe in yourself. Fan